Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. I'd like to welcome you to the Weeds or Wild podcast series as a part of the Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Jason Norsworthy, and I'm a weed scientist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Drew Ellis with Corteva, and I've invited Drew to be part of this podcast because today we're going to talk about the use of loyant coated on urea in rice. Drew, I really appreciate you being with us today. I thank you very much, Jason. Glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, be, a, be a part of this podcast and, and provide any kind of information uh, to be helpful to, to anybody listening. Drew, last year, you know, I did a good bit of work with uh, Loyant. Uh, impregnated or coated onto urea. And just looking back here this morning, I think my program had somewhere around 12 to 13 trials. And I was really excited to about some of the performance. We learned a lot last year as to what the product would and would not uh, do. And that's really going to be the focus of what we're going to talk about today. But before I start with that, um, it's my understanding is that Corteva has obtained a 2EE label for the use of loyant uh, impregnated on urea in Arkansas. And if you would, tell us a little bit about uh, that label and how it came about and uh, really what that label involves. Of course, so uh, about two years ago, uh, folks down in South uh, Louisiana, uh, you know, a pretty large water seed market uh, down there, and they've had a, a history of coating fertilizer with uh, herbicides. And, and it's not uncommon, I guess, uh, from the application method herbicides be used on fertilizer and rice, but uh, they really took it upon themselves to, uh, to test use of, of loyant uh, in water and their water-seeded acres for control of uh, specifically aquatic broadleaf weeds. Uh, had some really good success, uh, you know, a limited amount of commercialized uh, applications and, and started really bringing it to our attention of the benefits that they see of it. Uh, so we, you know, continued some testing in, in 2019 and 2020 and also continues testing this year, but uh, really saw some good efficacy, some good uh, results. There are certainly some benefits to it, uh, to the applicator, to the grower, and uh, the supplemental label now uh, is in most all Mid-South states and uh, for use in water. Well, Drew, when I, when I think about uh, Loyan impregnated on urea, and again, just kind of getting back to our plot work, what I saw in uh, my trials last year was that uh, it's a very effective option, or it, will, it was for us on weeds like rice flat sage, small flyer umbrella sage, uh, you know, our aquatic weeds, duck salad, arrowhead. Uh, we saw good activity on gooseweed, hemp sesbania, uh, northern joint vetch, or indigo. Uh, the one thing that we did also, though, note is when you're looking at an impregnated uh, application, it's really important, uh, weed size is probably more important there than what it is even with a spray application. I've been a, 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 a big fan of uh, the use of loyant on hemp sesbania, northern joint veg, even some larger plants. But what we saw in our plot work last year is if you're going to get effective control of these weeds, they really need to be small. And I'd say size is probably more important, again, with an impregnated application than with a, uh, a foliar application. But when you think of these weeds, and I just gave you the, the ones that I consider to be effectively controlled, what do you think really are the strengths or 
weeds that a grower should target if they're looking at using loyant coated on urea? Uh, absolutely. The key weeds you mentioned are, are some of the, the larger ones. Uh, I'd also bring uh, Eclipta, you know, alligator weed. There are good spots of uh, alligator weed in, in Arkansas. Uh, we do have uh, additionally, you know, round leaf mud plantain that can be mixed in, you know, with our duck salad kind of acres. Uh, those are, are, are some others that I'd bring. The, the, the flat sedge, rice flat sedge, the ALS resistance one I continue uh, hearing to be trouble, you know, problematic to the growers in Arkansas, and I really believe it's a good opportunity for it. Um, you know, that particular sedge weeds don't don't want to focus only on the broadleaf aquatics here because that, that sedge is uh, flat sedge primarily. They less resistance is a major concern, and it has really good activity there. So those are some of the major ones that I come across. You know, as we I think about loyant uh, coated on urea, and I, I, there's others out there that farmers out there, growers that are aware of the fact that we've done research. One question that I commonly get, Drew, is, well, is this just purely um, related to flooded rice culture or, you know, with our row rice acres increasing, is there any utility of this in a row rice system? And, you know, the number one weed that we have in row rice outside of, of barnyard grass by far is Palmer amaranth, and I've been very impressed with the use of loyant for controlling uh, Palmer amaranth in row rice, but you know when we take a look at an impregnated application of loyant, you're really not getting the coverage necessary for a control of a weed like that. You don't have the flood to benefit you, and just my experience has been it's not going to be a good option for uh, controlling emerged weeds in a uh, row rice. Would, would you have a tendency to agree with that? Uh, absolutely, Jason. I think you, you hit it spot on with, you know, we're utilizing that water, uh, that flood as a medium to disperse that herbicide into that column. And then, you know, the weeds would uptake it. So without that contact of that flood, uh, it's going to be more difficult in that row rice situation to, you know, to get that coverage. And, and which points me back, you don't, don't mind interjecting the, uh, the size of the weeds. Uh, and on our label, we have, uh, you know, reasonable size weeds, four inches for most of them. Uh, but the key thing is 70% uh, under this label usage of in water, 70% of the weeds should be submerged. So in that row rice situation, you can see the difficulties we've had. Oh, absolutely. Another question that I commonly get from folks is what can they expect in terms of barnyard grass control with uh, impregnated uh, loyan and and uh, again, while we've had some successes and we've had some failures, I'll be first. Uh, we've talked about that on, on this podcast before with loyan and some of the resistance issues, even on a susceptible uh, population. One thing you noticed a few moments ago is that I did not include uh, barnyard grass as uh, being effectively controlled. While we can get some populations with the spray, uh, I really don't think that we're going to get a acceptable level of control of not only barnyard grass, I would say any grass with the impregnated loyan application. So I think understanding, understanding really what you can and cannot do uh, with the herbicide is a key to an individual actually having success. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, this this focus of this supplemental label and this use and the successes that we have seen with it so far in Arkansas and, and some tested uh, commercial tests last year, and uh, we're going to continue those this year. 
uh, has really been focused uh, not on grass, but really on the broadleaf weeds. And, and uh, we really do recommend a program approach when it comes to, you know, handle some of these weeds like barnyard grass or, or broadleaf signal grass, some that may be susceptible to foliar applications of, of, of lilliant. But I would recommend, you know, always to focus on a program approach for those particular weeds, uh, as well as some of the sedge weeds that we have. You know, really, they can be so thick and heavy that without a program approach, trying to rely upon lilliant in one application in water like this would not be enough. I, I agree with you, Drew. I think that's a very good uh, point. You know, one thing that we within the Division of Agriculture preach time and time again is a program's approach to weed control and really trying to overlay residuals and really minimizing the need for these uh, post-emergence uh, control options. And really that's what this is. I mean, Loyant, even though it's impregnated on urea, it's really trying to look at post-emergence control uh, of these weeds. And another thing is when I think about Loyant, uh, we're, we're really aware of some of the issues that we've encountered within the state. And I think one reason that has got me excited about looking at Loyant coated on urea is that we've had some difficulties in terms of spraying uh, and at times we've had some off-target movement issues that we've had to contend with uh, within the state. And one thing that I saw in my plots last year is that when we went out and we looked at a spray application of a low rate of the herbicide onto soybean, uh, we looked at a 140th X rate and we saw upwards of about 80% uh, damaged from that foliar spray on the soybean. But when we put it on the preel and we applied that preel at a 140th X rate, uh, we had 1% or less injury to soybean. And that really gets me excited because again, you're not getting the coverage on that bean. The other thing is when you start thinking about a preel, the distance of that preel is going to move off target during that fertilizer application is much, much less than what we get with a spray application. And we haven't made any, we haven't conducted any research, I'd say, to directly quantify that other than the fact that uh, Dr. Butts and, and my group did some work last year and we did look at a plain application of a foliar application with an airplane and we quantified the distance moved. We looked at a ground application and yes, a ground application of a foliar spray moved uh, considerably less than that of uh, the airplane. So the thing is with all all pesticides, you know, as you start putting them in an air and you air and you start getting that plane up and that plane is is at a greater distance from the target, uh, you're going to have movement and and um, that's just something that we have to contend with. And I really think the beauty of this loyant impregnated on urea or coated on urea is we we have less distance that it's going to move and then secondly you're not going to get the coverage on the bean uh, really what you're getting is as that uh, as that preel solubilizes uh, in soil you can get a little bit of activity but again it's relatively minimal the other thing i'll just point out in our research that we saw last year regardless of the off-target rate that we looked at, and I think we looked at up to a one-fifth X rate of loyant, or which would be a one-fifth X rate of urea impregnated, uh, that loyant impregnated on that urea, we saw absolutely no yield loss in soybeans. So that was really exciting because, again, that's not what we see when we have some foliar sprays. So I kind of saw that as a, as a benefit. Any, any other benefits that you see in terms of loyant uh, being coated on urea, um, Dr. Ellis? 
Uh, certainly, you know, the one that stands out probably to most growers and uh, would be, you know, the benefit of, uh, uh, you know, tackling two management, rice management uh, considerations of fertility and herbicides, you know, at the same pass with an airplane. So uh, you're not having to, you know, spray something uh, and, you know, fertilize something with two different uh, passes of the airplane. Uh, that certainly uh, is, is going to help uh, streamline and make the uh, production more efficient. Uh, I think it's going to be able to time things better by putting them together versus having to wait another day. But uh, certainly some considerations around this uh, that one, one would need to be cautious of, one being the fertilizer uh, plant uh, and the customer buying the fertilizer, the applicator. Make sure that they have a premium grade fertilizer, urea or AMS. Now, what we're trying to do is reduce uh, the amount of dust and a standard grade fertilizer, so an SGN number, uh, the, the soluble uh, preal size number, let's just say, of, of less than 200, that'd be a standard grade according to the fertilizer industry, and that would have potential for more dust and off-target movement concerns there. Uh, as you know, so as well as when they're impregnating it to, uh, you know, utilize a nozzle system and stage that application of loyant concentrate uh, into that fertilizer in the stage process. And we recommend about 150 pounds or greater uh, per acre uh, with 16 ounces of loyant. Uh, that that ensures a good drying uh, of that and without use of a drying agent or something. So there's just a couple of little, you know, key benefits there or, or cautions to uh, the applicators and to the fertilizer plant when they're, when they're impregnating. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, what this does is I think there's some individuals that's been reluctant to spray the, um, uh, make a foliar spray, at least by air of Loyan. And it really opens up some opportunities to get back on some acres. And I think utilize this product where it has a fit, at least in these these weeds that we've mentioned here. One thing is for certain, uh, rice flat sedge, uh, small flower umbrella sedge. I mean, these annual sedges, uh, seem to be extremely, extremely problematic for us. Based on a recent survey that we did, I guess last year, uh, the sedges in general are going to rank within the top five of weeds that we're having to address. And as you said, because of all this ALS resistance, this really opens a door for us of, of getting the product back in the airplane and trying to control these weeds. Another thing that I've, I've kind of seen and is that the risk for injury that we get, we've had some injury from some foliar applications. I've talked in the past about some sensitive uh, hybrids and it's what we've seen, at least in our plot work, is the tendency to get damage or have damage on a hybrid or even on some of these sensitive uh, inbred medium grain cultivars is much, much less uh, with the urea, uh, the loyant coated on the urea versus a foliar application. So I'm really excited again that maybe we can take some of that out of the equation that we're having to deal with. But one question that I, I get, Drew, here is as I start talking about applying loyant coated on urea is the is what do we do to just ensure from a clean out standpoint what's Corteva recommending and how can we be positive that we're not going to have any residues in that airplane that's going to result in damage to a subsequent crop absolutely uh you know that 
that is all part of, you know, the reduced uh, potential for, for off-target movement or impact, to, you know, to a sensitive crop that nobody wants to see. The applicator, the uh, salesman, the fertilizer, and the chemical, or to Corteva, or to, to anyone, uh, don't want to see a detriment to a, to a sensitive crop. And what we found through testing, uh, lab and commercial uh, testing in, in, in commercial size applications, that the aerial applicator needs to do the standard triple rinse of the plane like you would with any other herbicide, okay, or any other application with the herbicide involved in its hopper. So triple rinse through his system. It's two batches with the fertilizer tender truck of fertilizer, non-treated fertilizer. Once they get finished with the coated loyant applications, take those two batches uh, and run those through uh, onto rice, not onto another crop. You need to run them on rice. Uh, rice is very tolerant. And then they can continue then uh, using fertilizer application, you know, that, that pellet plane uh, in those alternate or sensitive crops. Uh, they would be clean there. But one thing that also need to be thinking of is the fertilizer mixer, the blender, as well as the tender trucks. Those are something that could be potential uh, causes uh, for, uh, you know, contamination somewhat of that fertilizer, maybe going on to a, a, an alternate crop. So it sounds like that there's probably been a little bit more evaluation of this in uh, Louisiana than it has been in Arkansas, but partly because, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of of herbicides that go, or there's a good many herbicides that go out impregnated on a uh, fertilizer within Louisiana, partly because of their water seeded culture that they have here. And so is that kind of how you, you guys came about developing this this protocol, this clean out protocol, and and has there been a good bit of testing, I guess, in terms of commercial size testing uh, in that geography? So yes, uh, you know, we actually in 2020 uh, put forth uh, uh, analytical or lab testing of uh, not only of the batches that they were running with their different uh, blender types and fertilizer rates that they use there, uh, you know, can vary as well between uh, situation to situation. Uh, we tested those, collected samples, tested those in our analytical lab in Indianapolis uh, to confirm, you know, concentrations and then as well did clean out uh, processes and then collected samples from those that, you know, test for remnants of, of, of RINS core active. And, and what proved is the, the, the two batches of uh, non-impregnated fertilizer uh, running through the tender and the tenders and the as well as the blenders uh, was did a, an adequate job in um, eliminating any kind of carryover to a fertilizer that may go on to an alternate crop. Uh, Drew, if, if a grower has interest in using loyant coated on urea, where in Arkansas can they go, how, how they go about obtaining the material uh, to get it out to, to their field is, is pretty much any place that provides fertilizer, are they going to have access to this or is it is it going to be specific from location to location? you have any thoughts on that? Uh, most all of our fertilizer plants or retailers uh, have the ability to, uh, to, to purchase and, and to bring in supply a premium grade fertilizer. Again, we want an SGN number. Uh, fertilizer uh, uh, retailers will understand that, an SGN number greater than 200. Uh, to ensure that we're in that premium, uh, you know, good quality, you know, least 
potential for dust uh, to occur. Uh, most can, can, can work on uh, obtaining that. Uh, I'm not sure of any particular uh, restrictions from that standpoint. However, uh, some caution does need to be given again on the blending process. Uh, we want to ensure that you know we're blending this correctly. We're not dumping all of the loint into that fertilizer all at once and creating any kind of coagulation or you know clean out problems of the tender because uh, if you dump all the concentrate in there all at once, uh, you know that that would cause potential for um, some machine issues there getting it out. It would be extensive clean out. Uh, those are some things that I would invite them as well as making sure they have the correct fertilizer premium grade. Uh, in their conversations with their, uh, their salesmen. You know, one other thing that I want to talk about just quickly as before we, we close is that we did some work last year looking at um, applying a fertilizer. You know, some of these fields, you, you apply the fertilizer and it may take 10 days, it may take five days. Some folks to can very quickly get water across the field and what I saw in my plots last year is that if you apply this, you want to apply it as close as possible to flooding. Uh, and the reason being is if you have a rainfall event, a significant rainfall event uh, prior to you actually going to flood, what I saw was if I was 10 days out, I'm not going to say that I completely lost uh, control because I didn't with the uh, Loyant coated on urea, but there was definitely a reduction in control if I was 10 days out. As I got five days, uh, there really, I'm not sure five days was any different than the day of uh, the, the day of applying the fertilizer and flooding the same day. But in general, the closer you can get it to flooding, my experience was the better off you would be. The other thing I tell individuals is that based on what we've seen, the longer you can hold that water, once you get that flood established, the longer you can hold that water, I think the better off uh, you will be. I mean, hopefully you're not going to have any levees break, and but holding that water in that field is uh, definitely going to benefit you. Well, the longer you can hold it, the better your weed control is going to be, based on what I saw at least in my 2020 uh, research plots. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Drew? Jason, you're, you're spot on there and some of the research that I had similar to yours, um, the closer you were to putting that uh, water, you know, that was in a drill seeded method. Again, you know, the supplemental label that we've been speaking on here a lot here today is more for in water use. So where you have a flood already established and you fly the coated in, uh, fertilizer with loint into that water. But in my test uh, as well, um, the closer you were, uh, the better. And, and that brings up a good, important kind of uh, recommendation here is, you know, holding that water. And, and we recommend about 10 days of holding the water once the treatment's been applied to um, ensure that you get good uptake. Um, make sure, again, that you have 70% of the weeds uh, emerged at the time. Uh, you know, watch out for, um, you know, potentially for if you lose the water, you know, less than 10 days, not to say you won't get good efficacy, but it might be something that could impact the level of control. So uh, really good points there, Jason, on that. You know, one of the primary ways that loint is degraded is photolysis or, or light. And so the longer it's sitting out there on that herbicide, on the surface, not being utilized, uh, the more it's likely to, to degrade. So speaking of it being on a, a surface and in wet surfaces, and another question that I've had from folks is, well, you know, you can get ammonia volatilization, and since the 
uh, herbicide is coated on the urea, could you also possibly get a volatilization of loyant? Uh, we've known in in what we've we've been told as well as the research we've conducted, loyant really does not appear to be a volatile herbicide, but could it be co-volatilizing with uh, with the ammonia from that urea. And so we did some work last year where we actually placed it on wet soil, we placed it on dry soil, we even put it into a flood, and uh, we saw very little, if any, uh, volatilization where we actually set plants, we set, we set trays of soil that was treated with the loyant-coated urea under soybean plants. And again, we saw very little, if any, symptomology uh, on those plants. So I, I really don't think that's going to be a concern for us in terms of moving off. But yes, mo mo moving forward. But yes, you can get ammonia volatilization uh, from those soils, but loyant uh, doesn't appear to be leaving uh, there at the same time. So as we uh, close today, uh, Dr. Ellis, is there any other uh, parting comments that, that you have as it relates to loyant being coated on urea? Uh, really, we touched a lot of good bases here, and I appreciate you sharing, you know, your results uh, with your testing. You know, University of Arkansas is, is is doing a great amount of work again in this year, uh, looking at this drill seeded use, um, you know, not necessarily row rice, but our typical patty rice where we flood, uh, you know, behind the application of that pre-flood uh, pre fertilizer, and, and, and certainly excited about what you're seeing and some of those results, and, and hopefully, Going forward, uh, Corteva is really, uh, you know, going out this year as well and testing and commercial-like uh, applications uh, in that same method. And we look forward to the results that we get and hopefully uh, bring in another solution uh, for the growers to, to utilize this product in a, in a safer way and, and, and get benefit uh, from the weed control that it produces. So appreciate the opportunity today. I think we covered a variety of good topics. Uh, uh, I'm excited to get on and see what this season holds for. Again, yeah, appreciate for uh, appreciate you being with us today. And next week, Dr. Butts will be providing a podcast, and it's going to be focused on common problems that he's seen this spring, along with their remedies. Again, thanks for joining today, and I hope that you found this episode of the Weeds or Wild podcast series on the Arkansas Rock, Row Crops Radio to be informative. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.